Hi friends, welcome back to the Bible Project Podcast. It's episode 200 of our journey together through what I hope will be the whole Bible. Probably going to take about 10 years. We'll see how that works out. But today we're in part 131 of season 2, which of course is the book of Genesis. You can, if you wish, go right back to the start of season 1, or where you can actually do the introductory uh, season, which is 66 episodes covering 66 short overviews of all the books of the Bible before we launched here today a few months back into season two and we're up to the point where we're in the middle of genesis chapter 17 and we're looking at this thing called the covenant of circumcision so we saw last time that god made a covenant with abraham and the sign of that solemn agreement that he made was nothing less than the cutting off and the removal of a piece of flesh from shall we say a rather intimate place more detail is now going to be added here in verse 12 which says this for the, this is God speaking. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Why eight days? Why was that significant? Now, this is one of those really fascinating things that we see in the Bible, but if we're if we're not careful, we can overlook it very easily. Let me just explain something that happens to a baby around about eight days after it's born. And to do that, I'm going to read to you from a Christian doctor uh, and what he said. The doctor involved is a Dr. A.J. Quick, who served for years as head of the Department of Biochemistry at Marquette University in Wisconsin, and his speciality was blood research. And about five, seven years ago, he said this. It's really intriguing designating the eighth day after the birth because it is one of the most remarkable specifications in the Bible from a medical point of view. At birth, a baby has nutrients, antibodies and other substances from his mother's blood, including her blood clotting factor, which is dependent on vitamin K for its production. Vitamin K is produced by internal bacteria, which is not present in a newborn baby. But the third day... It is around 30% of the normal level that we'd expect through life. Therefore, circumcision after the third day would have resulted in a devastating hemorrhage. After three days, the initial bacteria finally start their task of manufacturing vitamin K and the level of clotting factor subsequently begins to climb. On the eighth day, it actually overshoots the normal level before eventually leveling off again at around day 10 remaining at that level for the rest of a person's natural healthy life. Now, apparently prior to 1953, pediatric test route guidelines all around the world recommended that the best day, not only for circumcision, but for any minor surgical procedure for newborns, they would routinely be delayed until the child was eight days old. It was only later with the development of clotting agents in the 1950s and 60s where emergency surgeries could be carried out earlier. And I think that's really fascinating. Anyway, moving out of the textbooks and back into the Bible, let's pick up the story in verses 13 and 14 of chapter 17, which tells us this. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Now let's make a couple of observations here. 
There's a play of words going on in the text in the original language. Apparently it's saying something like, cut off or be cut off. So God says, remove this foreskin, because if you don't, you're going to be cut off from me. Now, what this represents for us today, I think it's a bit like what I talked about last time. You think about the situation where you might set yourself a goal in life. It's like making uh, setting a mark upon your life, isn't it? And when you achieve that goal, then there's a point at which you maybe should uh, reflect on that. You should regroup and reorientate yourself and consider the way forward from there. It's also a good time to mark that point in life, to mark that achievement in some ways. Because as you go through life, you should shed that which is no longer necessary. Get rid of anything. Put it in the past. Anything that's hold you back or might drag you down. If you don't draw a line under things as you go through life, you'll never dispense with the excess baggage that we all carry. If you don't undo the past before you move on, then the stress of all that undone business and all the decisions and the wrong turns you make, they can become like a Mary Clay. They can continue to haunt you and drag you down. Perhaps even leaving you stuck and more importantly, chronically unprepared to move forward. Now you will notice as we press on through these stories in Genesis that they're punctuated with pauses where breaks are taken, prayers are offered, sacrifices are made. And I think it's necessary in some sense today to do the similar. It's a way of keeping light on your feet and a way of continually, regularly reflecting and renewing your commitment to the Lord. Maybe that's what you need to do in your life right now. Maybe you need to just pause for a moment and give thanks for what you've got and remind yourself that of what you've been through, stop focusing on the past and reach a point where you can move on and put those unnecessary things behind you. And I believe that is what these sacrificial pauses in the Abrahamic stories are primarily there to tell us. So God spoke to Abraham, but next he will speak to Sarah. And we'll find out about what he says to her next time. Bye for now.